Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The Second Chance Job Fair returns to Chaffetz Arena on April 1st. This is the third year it'll be at Chaffetz. It's sponsored by the St. Louis University Transformative Workforce Academy. Last year's fair drew approximately 75 employers and 1,000 job seekers. Organizers hope this year's will be even bigger. They're aiming for the largest job fair in the U.S. aimed at people with criminal records. And joining us today to talk about it is Jeff Smith. He's the executive director of the Missouri Workforce Housing Association and also the author of a book, Mr. Smith Goes to Prison, about his year in federal prison. Jeff Smith, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. And we're also joined today by phone by Tracy Stanton. She's the owner of Addiction to Ambition. Tracy, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Now, Tracy, I understand you landed a job at this very career fair two years ago. What, what was going on in your life at the time? So actually, um, I did some time in prison. I came home from prison in um, October 2017. Mm -hmm. And when I came home, I uh, went to a transitional house, which is Center for Women in Transition. Uh, But before then, I actually had experienced what is now a transformative justice initiative. Back then, it was uh, Transformation to Employment. Uh, which is a program that was led by St. Louis University. So I connected back with them when I came home from prison and uh, got involved with that with that um, job fair. So that's how I got knowledge of it. And so what kind of difference did that getting that job end up making in your transition back to um, back to life outside? Well, when you come home from prison and you're trying to do the right thing, right, and you're focused and you're, you're like, you're high-strung, you're gung-ho about trying to make your life uh, productive, and you go, you meet so many barriers that crush your spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're trying, you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, you're following all the rules, you're going to see your pro- probation or parole officer, and you're just trying, and when the doors get closed in your face, it really crushes your spirit. So going to that job fair, not only... Um, Awoken a part of me that was damaged, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it just gave me hope that, you know what, okay, so I can change the trajectory of my life. Um, And then it also gave me the opportunity after a year to actually go to St. Louis University uh, for free. And then that that connected me to other uh, community organizations. And so now I have the current position that I have at a different organization. That's that's so terrific to hear. And Jeff, I know you also have experience with this. How hard was it for you to sort of get your bearings after you got out of prison? It was difficult. Um, look, when I came home from prison, Sarah, I had almost every conceivable advantage compared to 99.9% of people who come home from prison in this country, right? I have a PhD from a great university. I had letters of support from hundreds of people when I went in that essentially serve as job references for you. Uh, I had a home to go home to. I had family support. I'm white. In every way, I was advantaged. And, you know, I had a really hard time landing my first job. Uh, Nine years and one month ago, uh, I interviewed with a very small affordable housing nonprofit. And the last question they asked me at the end of the interview was, hey, you've got everything we're looking for, but why shouldn't we just hire someone else now and then let someone else hire you and then maybe hire you away from them in a year or so, once the aroma has begun to wear off. They said that. They did. Wow. And did you convince them to take that chance on you, or did you have to have another interview before you found a job? Uh, They did take that chance on me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I'm actually, I'm executive director of that organization now, uh, nine years later. But um, if it was that hard for someone with, with the 
advantages that I brought into that, imagine what it's like for everybody else out there. And that's why this job fair is so important. And I, I know that one of the other reasons it's important is it makes such a difference for people getting out of prison to be able to get gainful employment. What do we know about recidivism rates for people who have jobs versus those who, who aren't able to land them? We know they are uh, extraordinarily low for those who have full-time employment in their first year after release. We know that they're in the mid-single digits if you uh, land full-time employment, and they're roughly 10 times higher for people who a year following release have not found full-time employment. So mm. we know, and I know you've talked on your show before about public safety in the region. It's a salient issue. And many would argue it's the one issue more than anything that tends to hold our region back. Well, if we want a safer region, the best way to do that is for employers around the region to step up and hire folks who are coming out of prison because if they're not hired, that population becomes pretty likely to commit future crimes. And yet so many employers are risk averse. It's not just the idea of the aroma. It's that they might be worried about what's going to be my liability. Do I have to worry about my other employees? Tracy, people who are employers listening to this who might be feeling nervous about the idea of taking on a risk, what would you want them to know? I just want them to know that um, giving a person a second chance, everyone makes mistakes in their life. Uh, it's just that when you go to prison or jail, you wear that scar, right, in the front of your face. So taking that risk is no, it's no different than taking a risk for someone else that you don't know. You use your judgment. And then when a lot of people that are come home, they're connected to other organizations and community resources that, are, that can kind of vouch for them. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, there is... Everyone has a past. Everyone has a problem. Um, we all face difficulties. So I just think that they would know I am someone that spent 2016 in and out of the workhouse I, and, and before I went to prison. And when I came home, I had one person give me a chance, and that propelled the life that I have right now today. Hmm. So there's millions of people just like me that just need a chance. Jeff, what, what kind of feedback do you get from employers who do take that chance and, and give somebody a job? Well, let me, let me first speak to the question that you just asked, Tracy, if, if you don't mind. First of all, it's actually riskier for employers to have a blanket you know, policy that precludes them from hiring people who are formerly incarcerated. That can make you much more likely to be sued uh, than any problem you would have with misconduct of someone on the job. There have been very few lawsuits for negligent hiring for those who have um, hired someone out of prison who has then encountered a problem. In fact, Northwestern University studied this very issue, and their research showed that people who were formerly incarcerated are no more likely to be involved in any workplace misconduct mm. than someone who has not been. And other research has actually shown that formerly incarcerated people are more likely to be promoted in their first two years than, than other people. And that ties in with one thing that I often hear from employers, which is these are some of the hardest working people you know, I've ever hired. So uh, I also know that there's research showing that people are less likely to quit. And with turnover costs being very expensive, your average entry-level worker, there's turnover costs of nearly $1,000 when, when you have to go through the process of hiring someone else. And so when you have someone that you hire fresh out of prison, they're often very grateful for that opportunity and unlikely to leave because they want to show that gratitude. So I know part of the reason that the two of you wanted to come talk to us today is that you're hoping to interest more employers in signing on for this job fair. Um, can you name a few that are already on board and, and tell us what people would have to do to get involved? 
Great. Thanks for the question. So there's lots of employers that are already on board. Chinooks, uh, one of the region's largest employers, is is involved. Um, and they do a fantastic job, uh, and, and they've really infused all of their uh, hiring with with um, attention to to people who are on the margins, and that's fantastic. Bailey's Restaurants, mm. which has restaurants, you know, six or seven different restaurants and different kind of brands all over the city, uh, they're a part of it. So we see everybody from retail to restaurants to logistics, warehouse work, manufacturing. It really crosses all sectors. Uh, we know that with uh, Donald Trump's kind of um, limits on immigration and, and some of the newer uh, policies on that, that's made it harder for people to come into this country. And that's opened up more opportunities. Employers are actively searching. Employers are really searching for people. And so this is a great opportunity for them to come out. And we are hoping this will be the largest second chance job fair in the country. So if they want to sign on for this, uh, what's their best move to, to be able to get involved with they this event? They need to go to slu.edu slash second chance slu.edu slash second chance and you can sign up if you're an employer or if you're someone who's looking for a job okay and there's also information for people who just want to show up that day and and uh, make their case yeah and one of the things that we're doing is we're asking people who are job seekers to sign up in advance and then get we'll steer them into job training for the week in advance of the fair to make sure that they're ready for an interview and we also have conversations with employers to to make sure that they're prepared to hire people from this population oh that's great and um, we will also have that link on our website that's stlpublicradio.org um, if people want to make sure that they can sign up for this or get Get in more information about that, we'll have that link that Jeff just gave. So Jeff Smith, Executive Director of the Missouri Workforce Housing Association, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having us, Sarah. And uh, Tracy Stanton, owner of Addiction to Ambition, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.